1: you're listening to bfn this is the podcast about infertility ivf and the trials of trying for a baby i'm gabby
2: and i'm emma and we are both card-carrying members of the infertility club I do feel emotional. Yeah, I feel very sad. Do you? Yeah, I feel sad. Are we gonna get to fifty? Mm. Have we worked that out? Mm, not sure. I don't know. I don't know. So we did twenty-one. No, we're not. What this we? is this is episode twenty-five of the second series, and we did twenty-one of the last one. Oh, and we just had a couple of, of 50. specials. Yeah, just five. Can we add the specials in?
1: Yeah. So that's that's no, still not
2: fifty. Mm. Which is a shame. That is a shame. It that feels shame. like
1: it would have been a good milestone yeah,
2: to get to. Yeah, it would have, but a la- lack alas. Indeed. Um hope everyone's well. Yes. Um hope everyone had a lovely week. Indeed. It's been it's been warm. It has been warm. Yeah, it's been pleasant actually. Oh, it's warm today apparently. It yeah, today's very warm, right? Yeah. Uncomfortably so. warm for some people. Potentially. Not me. I like it when it's warm. I like, I like it. Like hot. it hot. <laughs> um <laughs> Oh, we had amazing thunderstorms at the weekend. Mm, Good times. I was in Margate and you can see out across all the rooftops and like the, it was just amazing. That's nice. I didn't see jack shit from Broccoli, but I just heard (laughs) heard
1: a lot of activity.
2: We were lying in bed and I was like, John, you know how we live in the tallest house on the hill?
1: Uh Uh-uh. I was like, do we have a lightning conductor? He was like, no. And I
2: was like, okay.
1: Surely Ooh. the big Lido sign at the end of your street gets it all. Yeah. You would think so. Yeah, you'd think so. <laughs>
2: well, anyway, we didn't get struck by lightning. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Um, so this week, yes, having a chat with our mate Ali. We are. Um, some of the subjects that we're talking about are quite sensitive. So firstly, um, parenting after infertility is yep. one of the subjects. And secondary infertility we're yep. talking about, which could potentially be triggering to some people or
1: infertility for the second time yeah infertility what she corrected yeah. me as which yeah makes more true. sense doesn't it because it's not so sec- it's not she ha- she had first infertility too primary primary infertility yeah primary secondary tertiary
2: yeah, yeah I was going to go for tertiary and I was like that's yeah. not right um and then we but another thing that we talked about was TFMR, which is termination for medical reasons. Yes. It's another way of saying terminating a pregnancy because the baby has something wrong with it. mm mm-hmm. um, A lot of people have views.
1: They do, they do. And um, I think anyone that follows Ali on Instagram will know her story and will know yeah. that that's what happened to her and she made the choices that she made at the time. And um, we actually got an email from someone, didn't we, um, asking about whether or not she should listen because it's a really sensitive subject for her and it's something that she supports. And I guess, you know, it it is potentially controversial for some people, but I think... I think particularly our US listeners. Potentially.
2: Um, So a couple of things to say about this. Firstly, we have always made BFN or always tried to make BFN a very non-judgmental space, A space. Um... It's it's a place where people can come and tell their stories and feel supported by their community. And, you know, if there may be people who disagree with the course of action that some people take. If you do, you're entitled to your opinion, but...
1: But we would expect everyone who's a listener to be respectful of the people that are on the podcast. Exactly,
2: who come and so bravely share their stories. exactly.
1: And, I mean, who knows? Everyone that listens could be fully on board. Of
2: course. um, But, uh, you know, you've just got to be open and supportive of everybody in our community because everybody's got their struggles. Or as my friend Hannah puts it, everyone has their shit. Yes, everyone has their shit. Yeah, so, you know, if you disagree with, if your opinions don't align, then that's absolutely fine, and we're not judging that either. So can we just all not judge each other? Yes. Yeah? That would be good. Okay. Perfect. Um, And we also spoke to Professor Tim. We did, we spoke to
1: Professor Tim about swimming.
2: Swimming. During IVF. Yes, and also generally wallowing in bodies of water. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, So we got his views on whether that's recommended or not. Exactly. My mum has a hot tub. And I, it's really cool. Yeah. Um, And I haven't been in it since I had my laparoscopy, which was March 2018. That's a real shame for you. I know. (laughs) I have the most difficult problems.
1: Well, more on that in a wee bit, guys. More on Swimgate shortly. <laughs> Middle class problems. <laughs> um, other than that, I guess it just leaves us to say you can still rate and review us. And please do. Wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. Especially Apple Podcasts. Yeah.
2: It's
1: not your last chance, but, you know. It's not your last chance. We're running out of road.
2: <laughs> we we just want more rates, ratings and reviewings.
1: We do. And, um, yes, you can also follow us on the socials, which are not going to stop. Uh, You can follow (laughs) us on Instagram.
2: At Big Fat Negative.
1: On Twitter. At Big Fat
2: Negative. On Facebook. Big Fat Negative.
1: Or you could email us. Big Fat
2: Negative Podcast at gmail.com. Delightful. Yeah. Please enjoy the episode. Ali. Hi. Welcome. Hello. Thanks. Welcome to our studio. Indeed. Yeah. It's very luxurious. <laughs> it's very luxurious. <laughs> we've got the cat eating in the background. Yeah. I love the fact that she's. we've been sitting here chatting for half an hour. And Quiet. And the cat's just been sitting there and now that we start recording, she's, she's eating She wants some food. crunchies. She wants
1: some crunchies and she's um, eating them. But yeah, thanks for coming and Thank thanks you. for our presents. You're very welcome.
2: Yeah, Ali bought us some presents. We got two little funny books. We got some funny books. Um, so obviously we're going to ask you the obvious question. Yeah. Tell us about your journey. My journey. Yeah. Uh, so we started trying Gosh for a baby in 2013 when I was 30. Mm. And um after six months went to the doctor and I lied and said I've been trying for a year. Yeah, I awesome. did that. yeah. Um and he was like, Go away, you're fine. And then I went back again a couple of months later and had some tests and everything came back fine. Mm. And then finally we got the referral. And so by the, when we went to the fertility clinic at our local hospital, mm. uh, it was about just over a year. So worked out okay. quite nicely. Yeah. You actually played by the rules. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> eventually. And I had an internal scan and they said, you've got two cysts on one of your ovaries. Um, the consultant said, you've got a hostile womb. Just a oh. great, like, nice choice of words there. Yeah. Really? Um, and he just said, that could be why you're not... You know, you're not getting pregnant, so... Did they tell you, did they give you any detail on the hostility there? No, just no. just said, oh, you know, you've got endometriona, which is okay. like a form of endometriosis on your, like, cysts on your ovaries, and um, they could be causing a hormonal imbalance, which could be giving you a hostile womb. Okay. Yeah, okay. I've never forgotten those words, actually. I bet. Not the nicest things you want to hear no. on your first appointment. Definitely no, not. Um... Anyway, so I had a laparoscopy to drain the cysts, and then I had a three month downreg to prepare me for my Ovia. Wow. So, no period for three months. It was like going through the menopause. Was that literally what do they do? They put you on the pill? They just put you on something. I can't remember what it was, but it okay. just stops your period, wow. basically puts you into the menopause. Um, the hot flushes were insane. Oh, God. Especially like over the winter yeah. when you've got all the heating on, and I'm going to bed with the window wide open. Mm-hmm. Um... So yeah, that was what we did, and then we had IVF. Yeah, first round that was twenty four, fifteen. Yeah, Um, and stimmed very, very well. Overstimulated, had a lot of eggs collected, and um, just froze them all, and just gave my body a bit of time. Did you um, be sick?
1: Or did you just.
2: No, no, I just, they got 24 eggs out of me, which was pretty good for a very first kind of battery hen approach. Yes. Um, Not a good hen. And I remember the consultant, he explained it really well. He said, You're, um, at the moment, if we think of it like an oven, we're not really sure the temperature of your oven. Mm -hmm. And we, um, what we're going to do is we're going to cool the oven down, give your body a chance to recover, Mm -hmm. and then we're going to reheat it to exactly the right temperature before we put the embryo in because at the moment we don't want to waste them and just chuck mm. it in and not know what happened. Yeah. And when he said it like that, I was like, okay, I get that. That makes absolute sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we did. So we had a couple of months off and then did a frozen cycle, frozen transfer, um, got pregnant, went for my first scan, which is at what, like seven Seven, seven weeks. weeks, yeah. Uh, and had what's known as a blighted ovum, mm. which quite a few people on yeah. the podcast have had. So mm-hmm. my body thought I was pregnant, but there was no baby mm. in there so uh, I had a medical miscarriage mm-hmm. which is fun mm, yeah. <laughs> and a um, couple of months off then had another frozen transfer last of our embryos poor poor quality ones um, but one of them stuck and one okay. of them so you had two put back two put back in at that yeah. point point. Um, and I got pregnant and I stayed pregnant and gave birth in November 2016 Oh, no, of good. Grace. Yes. So, grace. so my poor quality embryo is currently fast asleep at home. Oh. So something to be said about embryos yes, t- and grading and exactly. things like that. Yeah. That's um, good to know. Can you remember yeah. what quality it was? Like, what, what did they say? Um, did they, like, grade it? Yeah, they did. And I I think I want to say, like, maybe a 3cc. Okay. Um, Just to reassure listeners who might have that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't remember, but I d- he did explain how they grade them. Yeah. yeah. And he basically implied if they were any worse, they would go in the bin. Okay. But then he also told me if they're good enough to freeze, they're good enough to turn into a baby. Yeah. So yeah. we just went with it and chucked both in yeah. um, and hope for the best. Okay. And, and it worked. And it worked, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that was Amazing. good. Two rounds, two pregnancies, one baby. Yeah. And then after Grace turned one, we decided that um, we were ready to see if we could grow our family a bit more <coughs> and um, tried naturally for a couple of months. And uh-huh. then I literally was like, fuck this, have got more chance of having a baby through IVF than yeah. doing it naturally. <laughs> yeah, I've done this before. <laughs> <laughs> so um, went back to our old hospital Um and paid this time because we we were eligible for funding the first time and this mm-hmm. time we went private and we had you know we live in London there's clinics galore aren't there yeah. there are but we went back to our nhs hospital and paid that's so nice that's good that you did that
1: yeah i think i would do the same
2: actually yeah. yeah and i did it because with a with a young child you need ivf to fit into your life yeah. not take over and i think when you're going for your first it does it just completely takes over, doesn't it, Yeah, and, and absorbs all parts of your life, um, whereas I needed to, to just put it in a box, and yeah. just dip in and out yeah. as and when I yeah. could, because my priorities were elsewhere. So by going back to the hospital where we'd been before, we knew simple things like where to park, who the consultants and the nurses are, yeah. Um, what happens if it works, what happens if it doesn't work, yeah. where the egg collection is, where my husband goes to do his thing, like. <laughs> You know, it was yeah. just very familiar yeah, and that was quite comforting. So, yeah, so we went back and had IVF last summer, mm-hmm. got pregnant again, so mm-hmm. three for three. Uh, and then between 12 and 16 weeks, the baby was diagnosed, as you know, with mm. chromosomal abnormality. Um So we made the decision based on what we wanted for mm. our family and the fact we've got Grace's needs to consider as well. We didn't want to knowingly bring a child into the world with an an unknown quantity of disability, but lifelong disability. Could Mm. they give you any detail on on what those abnormalities uh, are? No, but Dr Google can give you a lot of detail. Um. And as you do more research into it, you know, the stats um, aren't great. Yeah. And so we made the decision for our family that it was the right thing to do was to not bring that child into the world there was also no guarantee that they would survive the pregnancy as mm-hmm. well which mm-hmm. is again when you've got a toddler mummy's having a baby oh no wait mummy might not be having a baby we were just like that's what this screening is for that's really Real. hard. Yeah. yeah, wasn't wasn't the easiest. Was so. it like a standard test that showed you that, or was it an additional one that you did? No, so we had the the screening test at twelve weeks right. for Down's, Patel and Edwards. Yeah, and then the, we came back as high risk for one of those. Okay. So then we had um, the harmony test, and then an amnio mm-hmm. to kind of diagnose everything and confirm it. And then and then I had a termination at seventeen weeks. It's, it's such a hard conversation to have. It yeah. must have been. Yeah, it was it was horrendous at the time, but it was yeah. the right decision. The yeah. easiest yeah. part is that both me and my husband were exactly on the same page. Yeah. I think if we weren't, it would have been quite a more challenging yeah. conversation to have, but both of us were like we don't want to knowingly bring a child into the world with disabilities. So it's horrendous, it's very sad, but it's what we're going to do. Yeah. Um I think that's yeah. good because
1: I think I think almost the kind of going, maybe going back and forth in your head would be the worst. You yeah. Know? I think if you, you know, you are sure.
2: Yeah. You're confident. And... I think the hardest part for me is because I was at like 13 weeks at that point, I could feel the baby because um. I knew what to feel for having already been pregnant. So when some women are pregnant for the first time, are like, is that it? Is it not? I'm not yeah. sure. Because mm. I was like, well, there's nothing else. It can be in there. So it's yeah. got to be the baby. The hardest part, not the hardest part, but one of the hard parts was finding a consultant who would do the termination really? for me. Yeah. Why? Well, when you're in your second trimester, um, they want you to have a medical termination where you go into your local labour, Well, this was for us anyway, you go okay. into a local labour ward and you pass the baby Mm. now I'd obviously given birth to grace in that same ward and it was just a head fuck yeah Yeah, and I was like it it also takes like up to four days you have to Mm. have um a pessary put in to soften your cervix and take some time I can't remember exactly it's basically an induction basically Yeah. yeah um we didn't want to know the gender of the baby no and we didn't really know I just didn't want to go through it and i also yeah. didn't want to get rid of grace for four days yeah because it would mean she'd have to go to my parents which is fine but that's quite a lot of childcare to organize around yeah. a time frame that you're not really sure yeah well, it's what's gonna, gonna happen and i remember saying to the um the doctor that had done the amnio i was like i just want to be put to sleep and wake up when it's all over yeah we must be able to make that happen um and the issue is that when you're in your second trimester, there aren't many surgeons who are skilled at that. that. They'll do it in your first trimester.
1: Right, yeah.
2: So the options were to go to an abortion clinic, which oh is fun. Oh, God. Run that. Um, one, that does, one that does specialise in women who are having a termination for fetal abnormality. Yeah. Um, so there's an understanding there. Okay. But actually, I got in touch with the charity... Uh, antenatal results and choices and the, the director I spoke to her at quite great length and she said look I, I can help you with this and she got me in contact with a surgery consultant at um, the hospital where we'd had all our IVF okay and and he did it for me there so it was almost like we'd gone full circle yeah yeah but and I was like I have to go there if they're gonna do second trimester terminations I have to go back to my East London hospital where I had my treatment done. And in fact, the anaesthetist was the same guy who'd put me to sleep for my egg collection. Uh, Really? So the whole experience was just... Weird. It was... I said to the consultant, you've you've massively exceeded my very low expectations of what's going to happen today. Yeah. Because it just felt really... It almost helped with closure because <coughs> yep. you, you, yep. you have gone full yep. circle. And... You do. You go to the same room to be knocked out. You end up, wake up in the same place um, in the, uh, what's it called, where you recovery, mm. the same experience, mm-hmm. same seats you sit in for egg collection. It just, it, it worked. For me, it was right. So, and that charity that you just mentioned was called? Antenata Results and Choices. Okay, and they specialise in? Women who've had any screening Mm-hmm. Or have got anything wrong. So, either at the 12 week or maybe the 20 week scan as yeah. well, um, they just they clearly map out what your choices are, wow. what you want to do, whether you want to keep the pregnancy, what might happen, whether you want to end the pregnancy, what your choices are. Um, and they were able to pull strings for me, which was superb. Um, <laughs> this is a conversation that John and I have had a lot of times because his chromosomal disorder means that we could have ended up. But very easily, if we, if I had been able to get pregnant, and if um, we hadn't had PGD, we could have ended up with a baby with chromosomal disorder. Yeah. And in fact, that was the likelihood was quite high mm. when we were first trying. We were told that, um, and I think it's a very personal decision, isn't it? Yeah, like, But we were very much on the same page yeah. about what we would have done, which we would have made the same choice as you, because yeah. I've seen my mum raise a very disabled my brother, who's very yeah. disabled, and it's so hard, but you know, other people make different choices, I know, and, and interestingly, okay. I think if it was our first baby, I don't know if the decision would have been mm. as I was ask straightforward, you that. Yeah. I think it might have been, well, I think I know it would have been much harder, it's but- it's, it's an impossible choice, but yeah. I think whatever decision you make is the right choice, yeah, but you were making it with
1: grace in mind, yes, you know what I mean, so that's, yeah, you're thinking about what's I've best for her very, as well. I've got
2: a very, very able... I mean, I'm I'm biased because I'm her mum, but I've taught enough children in my career yeah. to know that I've got a good one. Yeah. <laughs> and who's very, very <laughs> able and hits all her milestones easily. Yeah. And we have to take that into consideration yeah. of how her childhood would be affected if we introduced a yeah. child who's not as able as she is um, into our family dynamics um and I'm sure she would have coped absolutely fine but we made the decision that actually yeah it wasn't Mm. meant to be and interestingly I've taught a child um since with down syndrome and I when when the teacher said oh so-and-so's you know got this and I was like my goodness how how am I gonna how am I gonna deal with this yeah don't break Ali in front of them and actually most adorable adorable little girl and I loved teaching her but I went away going Still made the right decision for us, so good. So we, uh, so we had the termination, and we had yeah. two embryos left. Yeah. Um, and so we chucked them in. Yeah. Uh, earlier on this in. year, uh, but they didn't implant. Okay. So I've had four transfers, three pregnancies, one termination, one miscarriage, and a daughter. There you go. It's quite a story. Quite yeah. a journey, yeah. And have
1: you? You've come to the decision to to stop.
2: We we've pressed for pause. Now. Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't say we we stopped completely. Yeah, but we have pressed pause to kind of enjoy what we've got at the moment. Yeah. Um, I think I think I'd like to think there was one more round in me for luck, almost mm-hmm. to be able to put it to bed because yeah. I feel like we did. We you know. I believe in my body the st- mm-hmm. statistics show that my body's very good at getting pregnant if an embryo is put in there that's genetically viable Yeah. Um, so I feel like there's a point that I'd like to give it one more chance but I'm focusing on me going back to work Yeah. Um, and just enjoying our life and it's very easy to get back on the treadmill each time isn't it yeah it really is um, and your whole work life goes towards one, it just keep yeah. going and going is it, um, you know,
1: when you've already got, like, secondary infertility, um, you must be kind of just conscious of not having that impact on, on Grace and your family. Yeah, exists. yeah. I mean,
2: my personal opinion is that I'm in the infertility for the second time camp, yeah. as opposed to secondary have conceived and naturally and then find it harder. And um, actually, I would rather have known that I found it hard to conceive first no, yeah. you know, we tried yeah. for a couple of months and we we're like, right, straight into IVF. We, we know the score. We know the hand yeah. we've been dealt with. We've accepted IVF is how we make babies. Let's just get on with yeah. it. Yeah. Whereas I think if you've conceived naturally, however easily or long it took you, and then to struggle for the second time, you've got to deal with that whilst raising a child, whilst mm-hmm. also very conscious of the fact that the gauge gap between your child and when you might nice. get pregnant mm-hmm. is getting bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. So I think that is actually really tough. More to, of a to go through that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm in the infertility for the second time camp. Good times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we've, we're here to kind of talk about parenting after OVF yeah. and, and infertility. And um, we've kind of, like, talked about the stuff to now. But having a baby after infertility, like, how... Do you think it's affected it, the way you parent? Do you look at other... I mean, you're a teacher. Mm. You must look at other parents and think, I definitely do things differently. Yeah, I think if we'd if we'd had sex and got pregnant, mm-hmm. I would be a very different mum to how I am now. Um, anything that you have to work hard to get, you appreciate more when you get, don't yeah, you? Yeah. So I am very much at the camp that I am a am I a better mum? I'm a different mum. Yeah. Um, you know, there were moments in the first couple of months where she was born where I'd be up at 3am feeding her with a massive smile on my face. Yeah. <laughs> Just <laughs> delighted yeah, yeah. that I was there. And actually I went to a hypnobirthing course before uh, I gave birth and I probably came across as a right twat. <laughs> but we went round the room and the woman was like, T- share with us what your concerns about birth are. At the beginning yeah. of this course and one woman's like oh I'm worried about the pain and um, what's gonna happen to my body another one I'm worried about my partner getting from work in time to meet me mm. and uh, and I sat there and I was like I'm literally not worried about anything and they probably thought what well, an absolute idiot you are but yeah. I was like I've been through so much to yeah. get to this point I just see giving birth as the final hurdle yeah. to getting the prize so how whatever is thrown at me, and actually yeah. a lot was thrown at me in my birth, <laughs> but it didn't matter. Yeah. And people say, "Oh my goodness, you've had a horrendous birth, Ellie." And I'm like, "Well, I don't really care because it gave me grace. So it is what it is." That you know? actually that makes me feel really relieved because I am not worried about birth at all, and I'm I'm actually worried that I'm not worried because just, you think about what we've been through yeah. to get to this point. Um, but I I think there's a concern that. For me, it's almost like an internal pressure that you've been through so much to have your baby, mm-hmm. and then when you get this baby, you never quite think about what happens next. Yeah. It's all about, let's get, get me pregnant, yeah. get yeah, me yeah. to my viability scan, get me to my 12-week scan. Yeah, it's always the next goal. Get, yeah. Get me to give birth, and then...
1: And beyond that just happiness lives. Yeah.
2: <laughs> we all lived happily ever after, but what happens is that life goes on, yeah. you become a mum, it's incredibly difficult, anyone who says parenting is easy is lying, yeah. it is so hard and everything changes and all your dynamics and all your relationships change, And but there's this internal pressure that I think, well I do, I don't know if other women who've been through IVF do this, but that you want to appreciate it all, yeah. every single yeah. moment, because it's for some women it's it's taken them a long time yeah some women it's cost them an awful lot of money and you're just like give me this baby and i just want to wrap myself up in my own little ivf bubble of my my baby and and all the other women who are all the other baby classes who haven't been through ivf you know they just don't get it they don't understand it and quite rightly so in fact when you have the baby it doesn't matter really you know whether yeah, it's yeah. IVF or not, it's just you, you're a new mum and, and here's your child and off you go to baby massage and oh. baby yoga yeah. and things like that. But I think you just have to, it's just difficult to get your head around yeah. what happens next, um, especially with the balance of going back to work. Because mm-hmm. as they as you get older, or as your baby gets older, a lot, of, I, you know, for me, I'd had 10 years of working hard in my career, uh-huh. which I put on hold to have treatment. And then I want to go back. And then you're like, my great. Okay, great. I'm going to pay thousands for somebody else to raise this child that I've spent so long trying to have. For so- Yeah. I, I've it's... literally used that phrase with people when talking about putting it in nursery. Yeah. Cause John keeps going, should we get an au pair? And I'm like, are you, f- I'm not. I don't, I don't want someone else in my house. I don't want to, a. I don't want someone else in my really quite small flat. B. I don't. I don't want someone else to raise my child. Like I. I worked really hard for this kid. Yeah. Like it's so, weird. I'm. I'm even a bit funny about putting it in nursery, but that's gonna have to happen because we have costs. So it's this balance, isn't there? Of just. You want your baby, yeah. and you want to have it as much as you can, especially if you know that this might be your only child yeah so you're just trying to soak up every moment and then the balance of how much of the old you Mm -hmm. do you claw back yeah after you've had the baby you know do you want to go back to work if you do how many days yeah how many hours do you want to work what's going to happen to that child where are they going to go are they going to go to relatives are they going to go to a nursery yeah and then it's just a guilt it's just a mum guilt and just think it's a bit heightened when you've had a long journey to get yeah. to motherhood. Just how are you going to balance everything? That's So what did you do? Um, I have actively tried to not let it affect me okay. as much as possible. Yeah, I think because I always thought we would have more. Yeah. Um, and I think right now I'm cherishing her more yeah so i'm like my goodness okay this could be the only time i have a two and a half year old so uh-huh. we need to do all the cool things that yeah. two and a half year olds do because she's going to be three soon yeah and and that's a whole different ballgame yeah and 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 i think i just have tried to raise my child as normally yeah as possible as, as, as not whatever normal yeah. looks like um but I think I don't lose my rag as much with her. Okay. Because I'm there's a gratefulness that she's yeah. in my life and um do you feel like you can't complain? Because a little
1: bit. I think I mean, as a, you know, you feel like that as a pregnant person, yeah. Especially when everyone's aware that what you've gone through. You, if you have a little moan about something, everyone's just like, "Well, you oh, know, you try." Yeah. And da, 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 da. Yeah. You, want, you wanted this exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I know that um, Becky at Finding Mamas kind of talked about it a little bit about that kind of like guilt of like wanting to, you know, it's hard sometimes. So hard. And you feel like you, be, you feel like you can't. You mustn't yeah. complain.
2: And I think social media helps to keep you grounded because it always you always remember that. No matter what's going on, there are hundreds of women who would give anything yeah, yeah. to be in your position. Yeah. So you almost not... Massively. Ju- you can't complain. Yeah. Because you can't even complain, not not just so on social media, but just to other people that yeah. you know, because again, you've been through so much, you should be appreciative. And I think I am, and I think other women are. They are grateful. But there must have been a a point, you know, everybody talks about the baby blues right after you give birth and things like that. There must have been a point where you were like, I need to moan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, what... Luckily, I've got a couple of mummy friends who are the most incredibly fertile women you'll ever come across. Okay, (laughs) Um, But they get it. Okay. And and that actually is good because I think I've helped to ground them a little bit. Yeah, um, I But they help me... Because, you know, they're going through the same things as well. You know, y- you put my baby in a room with other ch- kids, you don't know that she's an IVF baby. Yeah. In fact, we met someone at nursery the other week, went for a play date and straight away we ended up having a chat and found out that both the kids were IVF. So it's not like the kids walk around with a sticker on their face yeah. going, I've been born through science. <laughs> um, so there's people who buy the baby grow that says it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's justified though, that's, Yeah, that's fine. And... Do you think
1: you'll have a conversation with Grace? Have you already had a conversation with Grace about this in the future?
2: Yes. I want to be very honest with her about uh-huh. how she was made. I have started to look online for books that we can introduce into the household that talk about that. Mm. Um, and there aren't many um, at this age. There are when she gets a bit older. Okay. There's a good series of books that talks about diversity and different what different families look like. Yeah. Um, but nothing about how babies are made. Mm-hmm. Um but I think when she's old enough to understand, yeah. I will tell her because I'm proud of what her mummy and daddy went through to yeah, help her. Yeah. So they so, work pretty bloody hard. Yeah. And I also want her to be aware that potentially it might happen to her. I don't know. Yeah. But I just want her to be aware of it. My mum dropped the bombshell to me about a month ago that she went through early menopause at forty two. Really? And I'm thirty six. And I was That's like, great. Thanks, mum. Oh, <laughs> Could you have told me this a while ago, maybe? <laughs> um but I think yeah, I think I think women should have help like fertility MOTs. Yeah, so do I. Yeah. Just just to know what's going on and frank Um, conversations with their mothers yeah (laughs) and you know people have said to me and I've said this to my husband if we'd known the troubles we were going to have would we have tried earlier Um, and there's a possibly the answer whether we were in the right place to do that but we would have been a bit more aware of our bodies, and what yeah. was going on and stuff.
1: I think we would have, because we, we felt kind of ready, because whenever we had a, a scare, or we thought we had a scare, which clearly we never did, um, we were always kind of like, okay, well this is happening, it's happening. Yeah. You know, we could have been trying all at that time as well, but, you know, hindsight's a wonderful yeah. thing.
2: I don't know, I don't know if I... We knew about John's condition, he was diagnosed in utero with right. that, and, and you knew that Mr. Gabby had had mumps. I remember we you knew, having suspicion. Yeah, yeah, no, we
1: knew that, but we just didn't you were take it that seriously. Happen. Yeah, we yeah. were like, oh, that won't happen to us. I'm sure it's fine.
2: I had a sneaking suspicion because I'd never got pregnant before. And I like, by rights, I should have. Yeah. Maybe a bit sloppy. Well, I'm, like, I'm, I'm not a slack. <laughs> <laughs> but um, there have been periods where John and I had, like, had ill-advised liaisons <laughs> I remember the first time <clears throat> we decided to try for a baby and we had unprotected sex and we were both like that's it, mm. we're done Yeah, job done, tick the box done. what a job special done. moment <laughs> this is How naive, we'll remember naive? this forever <laughs> it was actually quite romantic as well that soon left, didn't it after you've <laughs> been trying for a bit longer do I
1: think <laughs> it's completely ruined sex for
2: us for a while it has <laughs> Ali. Yeah. It's been so nice having you, Don't and what you? a lovely conversation we've had. Yeah. Um. I guess our final question is, you know, what would you say to other people who find themselves in a similar position to you? How How do you get your head around something as big as this? I think, in terms of life after an IVF baby, mm-hmm. to just go with it mm-hmm. and try not to overanalyze it too much, um, because whatever your journey is you deal with the here and now you know how you used to do your gcse's and as soon as they were done that's it they're irrelevant because you're onto a levels yeah and as soon as you've got your a levels that's irrelevant because you're onto your degree well it's not saying that the journey to have your child is irrelevant because it's shaped who you are but life goes on yeah and now you have to deal with your here and now Mm. and if you want to go back to work go back to work and if you don't want to go back to work and you want to spend five days a week doing pepper pig puzzles and playing with play-doh, then um do that. But it is mind lovingly dull. you <laughs> <laughs> Um But I think I think all of us need to be aware that there is there's very little IVF aftercare mm-hmm. for after you have the baby. hmm There's so much focus on Having the baby or getting pregnant, having the treatment, giving birth, the then what just just kind of you know you're on your own you were well, you're not on your own, but you're in a whole different world mm. you're not in your i v f bubble network anymore yeah, um, and you just need to look after yourself and recognize if you know you've got a whole series of hormones racing around your body, you just gotta kind of. Be aware of that and not put too much pressure on yourself to cherish every single moment with the baby because it's not that healthy either. And parenting's hard. Yes. No matter how you've come at it as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard. It's funny that you say that because I've felt... I guess there's been a part of me that's felt throughout this pregnancy that I am... I kind of took, took the piss out of it the other day when John said, you want to feel special. But you do. Yeah, but is it even wanting to feel special? I I guess you feel kind of inadequate compared to all the other people. I really struggled with um, the amount of medical care that just drops. Yeah, you have so much intervention to get you to six weeks, Mm -hmm. and then it's okay, off you go. Yeah, yeah, you go to the world of just NHS midwifery care, which is wonderful, Mm. and and so much more than women get in other countries. Yeah, but when you've come through such an intense um experience you then are almost released yeah into it's... the wild of yeah. everybody else <laughs> you know and I I remember going to my um settling in like my first booking in appointment going this is an IVF baby yeah, so yeah, I need yeah. to be treated with yeah, yeah. just like this kind of aura that I am very very special. Yeah. And when I went in for my labour because I was induced I was like this is an IVF baby. Treat me, yeah. treat me specially, please. I'm not I'm not like the women who've just had sex and got yeah. pregnant. I've been through so much more <laughs> to get to this point. Yeah. And, you know, even I think everyone knew. The health visitors knew. Yeah. Just everyone. Oh, but I'm the same. I just tell everyone and everyone's like, they're a bit like, don't really care. And you're like, but, but I'm special. Yeah. But I do remember my midwife who's absolutely wonderful and... I have had her twice now. I even I went I went back for repeat business with her with my pregnancy last year, uh-huh. um, and she told me that in our hospital, one in five pregnancies are IVF. Wow! And I didn't know that, and I don't know where she got that stat from. So I can't back it up with anything other than the fact that this is what my midwife told me. Yeah. But you feel like you're on your own and you're the only IVF-related mm. pregnancy yeah, in yeah, the room, do. and actually you're not. Yeah, the woman in the bed next to you probably. Yeah. And, and I guess, it's, you know, we should say this applies to not just IVF babies, but any kind of baby that's born after an extended struggle. Yeah. So any kind of multiple miscarriage yeah. or, you know, people who've had other kinds of fertility treatment. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, good advice. Thanks. Thanks for coming, Ali. Yeah, yeah thank you. It's so nice you. to have you. It's lovely to see you. What the F? What? The air. Um, I mentioned at the top of the show the tragic news that I haven't been in my mum's hot tub since oh March God. 2018. Pray for me. Yeah, I was about to say we're
1: praying for you. <laughs> <laughs> you poor bastard. <laughs> oh dear. The person who left the review on iTunes saying that we're too middle class oh and no, we need to check our privilege. It's, it's sitting at home going, see? See? <laughs> talking about a hot tub now <laughs> um just so you all know i i do know that's a ridiculous thing to say but it is also quite funny <laughs> it is quite funny
2: um, so yeah we're talking to professor tim child medical director of oxford fertility about um swimming and baths and chilling in water good it's important it is important i think um one of the groups that might be very interested in this are the people who do go and do ivf in like hot countries. Yes. Well we've got a helicopter joining us I think. Yeah. It's, it's great. Spicy down in South London. Yeah. Um so yeah yeah so presumably if you go and like have IVF in Athens mm. then it's like you it would be nice to like go, go to the for beach. A slash. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't so the reason we kind of came up with this one I saw I don't know about you I saw a post you can give was my vf babble saying that okay. you can't swim during the two-week wait uh-huh. and i was like oh ding dong yeah oh and then um i yeah it's i've got it in my head now that it's kind of dodgy i don't know why
2: yeah i think but then they also say like if you get pregnant that during pregnancy swimming's really good because it makes your body light yeah, and so that, it takes a well, strain off.
1: not to, to bring it back to pregnancy but I we've booked a holiday in Seville in oh, September yeah. and I'm kind of a bit scared about swimming. I yeah. go, I'm, the, I'm like I've got this thing about it that I think I'm going to get some infection.
2: Well, listen to what Professor
1: Tim says. I will.
0: So it's not entirely clear whether it is important to avoid water during the two week wait, certainly in the few days after An egg collection, because it is a minor surgical procedure, it would be best to probably avoid um, a bath at that, um, or sorry, avoid swimming at that um, time. And if you're getting to the stage around the embryo transfer and after the embryo transfer, I think probably most clinics would would advise avoiding um, swimming or baths or or hot tubs. Um, Once you're up to the pregnancy test, then there'd be no problem with swimming or baths after that. So, as with many things, the evidence isn't clear. Um, I think a a sort of common sense view would be maybe just to uh, leave it for that sort of two-week wait and to um, perhaps to have showers. But if someone felt very strongly they wanted to have a bath, I suspect it would be fine in the end.
1: Thank you, Professor Tim. Gabriella. Hello. How's your week been? My week has been good. Yeah? Uh, Until I got sick today. Oh yeah, you're sick. Yeah, I'm trying yeah. not to get too close to the mic yeah. so that I'm not too close to you. Thanks, mate. But it's quite difficult when you're doing a podcast. No
2: one likes a cold, do they? No, no. it's not
1: good. My head feels a bit fuzzy. Oh. Um, but other than that, yeah, I've been really good, really good. Um, I had a midwife appointment on Thursday, Okay. Uh, which was nice, and just went in. She just checked on a few things, did a little wee test, all that kind of stuff. And um, we listened to the heartbeat,
2: Aww. which was
1: uh, as always it's always it's like nerve wracking, but then so nice. Yeah, um, and we listened to the heartbeat of the placenta as well, and she kind of taught me the difference between the two sounds. Yeah,
2: one is swishy and one isn't.
1: Yeah, mm. one's got like more depth, as she said. I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah. She was like, that's why we don't recommend people get Doppler machines at home. Yeah, because you can't really tell what yeah. you're listening to anyway. But anyway, it's quite interesting. But um, Yes, and the midwife made the comment, because I was like her first appointment of the day, and she was like, oh, I knew you'd be nice and easy. And I was like, <laughs> at first I was like, kind of like sitting there like, you know, gold star pupil, like, yeah. And then I was like, oh, she's just jinxed it, hasn't she? <laughs> Doesn't she know about jinxing? The jinxing, it's such, such a say big things deal. do like that,
2: woman. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, um... I, yeah, it was kind of that was playing on my mind a little bit the following day when I thought about it. Whilst I was out running, uh,
2: uh, uh, yeah. was that for a little jog. I'm yeah. calling it a run a bit, walk a bit. To be honest, mate, I think you, your version of running during pregnancy is my version of running when I'm not pregnant. <laughs> what kind of
1: gliding along, trying to stay, hard, you know, kind of centrally, kind of yeah, not jiggling around too much, just like. And yeah. then just walking for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Walking, walking on the hills. hills. Walking on the hills. Yeah. Especially walking <laughs> on the hills. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I went for another one, obviously. I'm going to try and keep that up uh, while I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and But yeah, I've, other than that, I've kind of had I've had some interesting uh, pains this week. Oh. i had some, um, I'm assuming, kind of growing pains, like round ligament pain. Okay,
2: round the... Round the- Lower abdomen. Around the abdomen,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, you know, fine. But I've also been getting what I've been calling um, sh- uh, shooty vag. <laughs> which uh, is the best phrase which is, um... you've ever heard. <laughs> so I've been calling it shooty vag, uh, but I, oh, I looked it up on the internet, and the internet calls it lightning crotch.
2: Well, my NCT group call it fanny daggers. Fanny daggers? Mm-hmm. Jesus, that sounds a bit murderous. I mean, it all sounds gross, mate. It all yeah. sounds gross.
1: I mean, yeah, I think a shooty vag is best. What is it? Uh, it's it's like sh- little short, sharp pains uh, in your vag, in your vagina. It's the only way I can describe it. Um, and yeah, it's kind of weird. Like it happened to me, like it was happening for maybe like not loads, but like for over about an hour or so. Um, and it's just a little bit unnerving just because it's like I'm sure it's fine the internet kind of says it's fine mm-hmm. but like is there a problem with my cervix you know I'm like is it all about to come gushing yeah. out I'm just like oh god um, but it's fine it's one of those things that I find with most of the symptoms of pregnancy I'm kind of like this is absolutely fine for me I can live with shooty vag yeah. as long as shooty vag doesn't mean it, anything doesn't mean anything other yeah. than Everything is fine. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I all do. those aches and pains, like, I don't really care. They don't bother me too much. It's yeah. all fine. Yeah. As long as it's normal.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, I know that. That yeah. exact feeling. Like, pain is not a big deal. No. As long as it's not indicative of something. Discomfort, fine. Whatever, yeah. I don't who care.
1: who cares? Yeah. As long as it's okay. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's been happening. Not so much today, which is good. Obviously, whatever was growing or doing something or pushing on something... Has, has done its job or whatever. Cool. Seem to have moved past it now.
2: Yeah. I yeah. think they, apparently it happens in the third trimester quite a lot. Oh, Again, God. according to the NCT girls.
1: And I'm obviously susceptible because it happened in my first trimester as well. Yeah. I've been, you know, getting shooty vag quite a lot. <laughs> It's fine. It's okay. I'll just deal with it. It's okay. <laughs> um, other than that, uh, not really much going on. I'm just kind of... Do you know what? And I don't know if this is a good thing to say on the podcast or not. Um, so maybe you could let me know okay. what you think. But I'm just really happy. Like, I'm really... I think that's an okay thing to say, Mae. just really grateful. And, like, it's just... I just, you know, whenever I think of it, I'm just like, it just makes me smile.
2: I think our listeners will be happy for you, being yeah. happy. I think the majority of our listeners, like, are really happy for you. Yeah, of course, of course. I just don't, people. you know,
1: I don't want it to be, like, rubbing it in someone's face, but then equally, I want everyone to know just how, how grateful I am and how I realise how fucking I am. Hashtag grateful, hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed. Ugh. <laughs> um, yeah, I've just been, yeah, it's just been it's been quite nice and I'm I'm enjoying it.
2: That's great. Yeah. That's really great. Yeah. Thanks. How about you, mate? Um, I am nine months pregnant. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag grateful. Hashtag blessed. Um, nine months.
1: So you should be ready to pop any day now, right? Because it's only nine months, right? Yeah. Isn't that true, right? I didn't realise there was an extra month on top. <laughs> it's like nine full months. It's not up to the nine month mark. <laughs> it is nine full months.
2: So... That's cool. Mm. Um, So you're in the ninth. I'm in my ninth month of pregnancy. Um, I have finished my first full week of maternity leave. You have. Haven't learnt a new language yet. Haven't started my novel. Yeah. Did a lot of um, watching Grey's Anatomy. Interesting choice. Which I enjoyed. Did you know there's, I think it's 14 seasons?
1: Wow, that's going to get you through some hard times, I reckon. Yeah,
2: I think so. So Cat um strawbridge recommended it to me interesting uh i'm really glad she did because i i could just i could probably get through a season every couple of did days did you watch it the first time around no never oh, watched it wow. so i'm um, happy with that mm-hmm. choice yes, good choice um i've had a gelato every day except the day where i had two gelatos <laughs> you <a> hero <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> i love it give us some of the flavors Oh, we'll what's chocolate, just chocolate, chocolate. Yeah, oh, chocolate.
2: I, I don't understand the point of ice cream if it's not chocolate. Really? Yeah, i really... Well, I'm not a big chocolate ice cream fan. I just, I'm quite a purist. Right. When it comes to ice cream. Wouldn't that be then vanilla? Mm, if you were a real purist. I'm a chocolate purist. <laughs> so I'm. I will go for dark chocolate. Oh, wow. Or a Nutella flavour. Okay. Or a Kinder flavour. Right. I will try all those. Yeah. But I will probably end up going back to chocolate. If it has chocolate chips in it,
1: oh. Are we we up for that, yeah? That's good. I think that's the dream. Oh, wow.
2: You know those ones that have chocolate, like, little chocolate chips, and then every now and then it's got, like, a serious chunk? Yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't found one of those during maternity leave oh, yet, man. but that's to my get,
1: Do you eat Ben & Jerry's? It's often got these big chunks in, yeah, it? Yeah,
2: big big Ben & Jerry's yeah, fan, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not technically gelato. No, though. it's not gelato. It's just ice cream. 100% not gelato.
1: Um, I'm still dreaming about the gelato we had in Margate. Yeah. Um, listeners, if you're wondering what my preference was that day, I had cherry yeah. It was, was cherry brandy, actually, wasn't was it? it? I don't think there was any you real dirty brandy. girl. I know, right? Disgusting. Oh, my God, it was so good. I literally <laughs> would do anything to have it now. It was so creamy. Mate,
2: you've got to come back down. <laughs> anyway. I will. Um, Not to see
1: you. No. Not to, have to, have to the cherry enjoy Margate. Not to see the cat. Not to hang out with John. No. Just to have that gelato. Just to have
2: the cherry brandy gelato. Um, so, that... <sighs> What has surprised me a bit is like how much I have slowed down in the last week. Mm. Like, especially towards the middle of the week, I just had so little energy. Like, I mm. I literally at points couldn't get off the sofa. Like even this morning, mm. um, as we were because we were in Margate. We're at your house today. Mm, it was nice. <laughs> um, yeah, I normally I would kind of run around like clean our bedroom, clean the bathroom, clean the kitchen just to make sure that it's nice when we next go back. Mm. Or, like, acceptable when we next go back because mm. Hurricane John um, makes quite the mess. Mm.
1: You've said that he leaves little, like, screws oh and nails, yeah. like, like Hansel and Gretel. Yeah,
2: well, that's how he marks his territory. It's just, like, <laughs> leaving some screws on the floor. <laughs> Try Perfect for you to stand on them. Yeah, really great. Um, so, but I, I just, I couldn't summon the energy today so i just like i did do all the washing up but even standing doing the washing up for like half an hour it wasn't half an hour it's like 15 minutes was like oh my back um and also john got me a jazzy new watch Mm -hmm. um which is a really nice surprise it was um amazon prime day the other day oh was it yeah so he got me the watch that I've kind of been eyeing up for ages oh and that's it's really sweet It's he's really sweet s- isn't he is sweet. he's a good guy um, and it's a smart watch and it's really nice it is nice it looks lovely yeah um, and it's got a heart rate on it and stuff but it has also told me that I'm doing less than a thousand steps a day at the moment
1: what's the goal Ten. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I see.
2: And I'm not saying that as somebody who is nine months pregnant, I should be doing 10,000 steps. No. I probably should be aiming for five. Mm. That probably should be doable. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think you should be too harsh on yourself, mate. I'm going to try and get out in the like, early-ish mornings this week and just mm. get just go on a walk. Yeah. Do my running route, but at walking pace. Yeah. Shuffle pace. Um, Because I'm a bit worried about myself like if if I can't do a thousand steps at the moment how am I gonna get fit again (laughs) how yeah but you know
1: you won't have a baby weighing you down then well you will have a baby weighing you down in many other ways yes not a physically
2: yes but it it is a bit a bit of a concern to me um can you kind
1: of start planning so like Nice things to go and walk to,
2: yeah, modulato exactly, yeah, um, but it is quite nice to be at the stage where I'm now thinking past birth, mm-hmm. like I've got to the stage where I've thought, past the pregnancy test, <laughs> past the first trimester, wow, yeah, yeah, yeah and now past birth, I'm like, how am I going to get fit again i've i've never this has never happened to me, mm, mm-hmm. this is such a new feeling. Um, so it's very exciting yeah and it's like again the J word the jinx word but actually I'm I'm comfortable thinking past birth now mm. which is a very new thing it's also
1: fucking important
2: yeah you, you should
1: because <laughs> <laughs> that could be next week
2: yeah it could be Um, and then the other thing this week that we did was we went to mother care oh god I like there's not very many mother cares left no because they all closed down because amazon is very efficient <laughs> when it comes to that stuff well i'm glad that
1: you went to one
2: yeah do you know what it's horrible yeah it's like a you know you you kind of think about this baby and it's it, no matter how unsmug you want to be it is a special thing isn't it it's mm. you know it's an extraordinary thing especially for us because we have had to try so hard mm-hmm. and then you walk in and you realise that everyone in the world has a fucking baby and you're not in any way special or different and there's just so much plastic crap that they want to sell you yeah there is so much plastic crap and it's quite intimidating mm. so we got our car seat okay good which is good and then the woman at the checkout laughed at me because I was like I just haven't wanted to come here yet because I didn't want to jinx it. Um, and she was like, oh, yeah, loads of people are like that. And then she was like, how far along are you? And I was like, 36 weeks. And she was like, ah, ha, ha, you have left it late. And I was like, fuck off.
1: You don't know what you're talking about, boy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Dare you.
2: Yeah, I was like, this isn't psychological trauma for me, but cool. But like, ah, ha, ha, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um stab. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that that was it, really. But um, my very generous mother-in-law was really, like, she bought us loads of stuff. She bought us, like, the, the proper stuff. Like, she bought us a car seat. But then That's she also important. bought us, like, um, some cute outfits. Oh, nice. A little thing that goes on the buggy. And nice. Just, like, the little bits mm-hmm. that we haven't really Yeah, the considered. details. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So, all in all, like, quite a lovely week. A very definite change of pace. Yes. Um. Which I think my body is just adjusting to, and like one of the things I haven't done is sleep at all. <laughs> like the Jazzy you watch shows me how well I sleep, and two hours twenty one minutes is my average at oh, the moment. Mate. So, and I, I think that's partly it I'm not measuring very well.
1: But as in before you wake up again and then go back to sleep.
2: Yeah. So it can't it can't figure out my sleeping patterns at all. So it keeps telling me that I've had like a three hour sleep and then a like two hour nap. <laughs> Which is really funny. I mean, call it what you want. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's rest. Yeah. But um, so I think, yeah, I, you know, I have I have actually been napping during the day, which has been really nice and is so unlike me. I can't normally sleep during the day at all. Mm.
1: I mean, I've been napping during the day too. So and I'm not nine months pregnant yet. No. But uh, Mr Gabby uh, napped with me oh. on Saturday and he got up and was like, I really like Pregnant Gabby, because <laughs> I get to have naps in the middle of the day, whereas I used to be <laughs> a bit of a nap Nazi.
2: Yeah, well, it's, I don't know. I'm always like, I could be using my time better, but right 100%, now...
1: 100%, but if you're tired, go with it.
2: Yeah, it's it's quite nice. It's quite nice to just be like, I haven't really got anything else to do, mm-hmm. although we have, because we've got project stuff to do. We do have on. projects to do. But, um, yeah, it's been it's been very pleasant. It's been very pleasant. Good. Yeah, and so ends my week. <laughs> <laughs> How profound. <laughs> cool. That's it, guys. Yeah. Podcast is over. One more to go.
1: One more to go. Oh, my God. What are we going to do? I don't know.
2: We're going to have hours and hours and hours free. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: just going to sit talking to myself. Yeah. <laughs> Talking to the wall, telling my wall how it was.
2: I'm gonna be getting pens. Going, this is a
1: microphone. Oh, <laughs> um, um, sad face. I know. Um, we've got a good one to go out on, though, haven't we? Such a good one. Yeah. Quite exciting one. It is quite exciting.
2: Um, so we, are, for our last episode, have spoken to Lisa Faulkner.
1: The Lisa Faulkner. The Lisa Faulkner, actress. And cook dress,
2: yeah, and um, just generally like quite multi-talented
1: lady. Yeah, she is great, and she's just written a book about her adoption of her daughter, her adoption journey, her adoption journey, and it's called Meant to Be, mm-hmm. and it's really good. It is really good. We I like ploughed through it. Mm. So listen in next week if that sounds like it yeah. might
2: be of interest to you also exciting for us we recorded in an, an actual podcast room
1: I know was in so the bowels cool. of Penguin yeah <laughs> the <laughs> publishing house in London <laughs> we were like oh my god we've made it
2: we felt so glam didn't we
1: oh <laughs> 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 um, okay well in the meantime have a very lovely week have everyone. a great week guys we'll be thinking of you all yeah. and we'll be back next Tuesday see you next Tuesday there she is
2: bye bye